Hey guys, this is Dan. And this is Rob. Gagliardi. Oh. And we're here. Hey, <laughs> you got got. You got got. Um, you let your guard down, and I exploited you. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, is this are we is this gonna be a real Lucy Lucy kind of vibe? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, longtime listeners of the show, uh, that is anyone who's listened for one or more weeks, uh, may notice that this episode didn't open with a theme song. Yeah, what's the deal? Uh, well, I'm here to tell you what the deal is. Oh, okay, the deal good. is no new king me this week. <laughs> We, there was Instead. no new King Me la- last week. There's no new King mm-hmm. Me this week. Dan, what gives? Yeah. What are we even doing here? <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, you know, uh, we've been keep we've been hard at work mm. uh, on wall-to-wall carpenter. Now, what is that? Long-time listeners of the show, one week or more may know. Mm-hmm. A week is a long time, right? <laughs> now, some, some listeners already know what wall-to-wall carpenter is, but some of y'all don't. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, well, prepare to get educated. Yeah, put on your thinking caps, and and dig this shit, <laughs> guys. If you've been listening know. to the podcast at all, we've been fucking blabbing about this wall to wall carpenter thing for months. But and you know what we haven't done? What is reveal even one second of that show? Yeah, why should to anybody the listening public? Why should anybody just like take a chance? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and baby, that's not how capitalism works, but neither is accepting donations. So right. with that in mind, <laughs> uh, this week we are giving you a, a free sneak peek at Wall to Wall Carpenter, our yeah. premium bonus uh, show that we give to people who donate to our Patreon uh, $5 or more a month. Yeah. So we're going to be um, we're going to get out of here. And we're going to mm-hmm. leave you in the hands of us from the past. Um, That's right. And we're going to be talking about uh, They Live, right? Mm-hmm. It, so it'll be me, Dan, and Rob Gagliardi Avon. <laughs> oh, uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a cool nickname. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well. All right. Yep, yep. So enjoy. Uh, this is the They Live episode of Walt Wall Carpenter. If you enjoy what you hear, uh, you tap on the link to our Patreon in the show notes and uh, give as much as you want. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy. (laughs) Bye, bitch. Okay. So that people, <laughs> yeah, that's a different show for sure. <laughs> All right. 
Welcome to Two Friends Jerking Off on the Sunday. <laughs> I'm Dan Gagliardi. <laughs> uh, all right. You want to do it again? Or are you... Oh, I thought we were just going to keep going. <laughs> oh, no. We could do. We could just keep going. That's fine. Yeah. Guys, yeah. welcome again to Wall to Wall Carpenter. You again. already abandoned Walcom? <laughs> Walcom. That sounds like a... It sounds like uh, what's his name from? Oh man, you know what? It's gone. I was trying to say it sounds like someone from uh, Russia saying "Volkom." <laughs> you, are you thinking of uh, Putin? Oh, Putin? that's his name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that's guy. The... Oh, you mean United States President Vladimir Putin? Oh boy, don't even <laughs> get me started. The puppet master. <laughs> um, I think I, I I think that's pretty relevant to this movie, though, right? Oh sure, it's uh, <laughs> it's all relevant. Guys, this week we're talking about only the best movie ever made. I really, I'm inclined <laughs> to agree. I really like it. <laughs> It's uh, a 1988's They Live. It's a God, it's a fucking goddamn. masterpiece. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, obviously, I think this movie has become a huge cult classic, right? Mm. Um, it's uh, it's on paper a very strange movie, right? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, like aside... the device, the device of the sunglasses, even like it's so right. hokey and stupid. Yes. But um, it works. It, it really works. Uh, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's right. Um, Strong judge Reinhold himself. Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> he does look like a strong judge Reinhold, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I, he, I'll tell you did. this right. He did. He did. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, rest in power. Yeah, Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> um, right off the bat, I I when I was a kid, I was a big wrestling fan. Uh, like grew up in the eighties, I was a real Hulkamaniac. But I I gotta tell you, Roddy Roddy Piper was one of my favorite guys. He was a true maniac, <laughs> and he, he's like a full on crazy person, right? He was. Yeah, he was like. I, but I think it, that that's sort of like the times. I think he was just like, I don't know, everybody, every wrestler that started in the 70s and like moved into like the WWF in the 80s was mm-hmm. just a total like maniac, criminal, like just in an insane person, not <laughs> fit for this time or society or anything like that. Yeah. Like wrestlers and comedians were on the same trajectory. Comedians, totally, everyone from back then uh, died back then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and now everyone's just nice. And most people are nice. They like they they steer clear of like you know getting too fucked up for the most yeah. part. Fucking um, Mick Foley being like the greatest guy, right? That's Mick, Mick Foley. Yeah. Yeah, Mick Foley who. Like he had like three or four wrestling personas, like known for being, um, being able to like take extreme amounts of pain in the <laughs> ring, like dropped, like fell through a cage 
like 20 feet onto like a fiery table or something. And then like stars a in a documentary later, about Santa, about yeah. wanting to be a mall Santa. <laughs> oh, right. Makes a documentary a really like really sweet documentary yeah. about, about I, mall I Santa. I love that movie. Yeah. It's, it's so nice. Um, also volunteers at like rape crisis centers. Yeah. He's like, he, like a imagine, truly great guy. And he he's also like an author. He's written like seven books or something. <laughs> the most accomplished man is Mick Foley. <laughs> yeah, like if if Mick Foley was running for president, I'd be like, well, this is crazy. This timeline that we're in, but wow, our second professional wrestler president. <laughs> yeah, the first of course, uh, Jimmy Carter. The uh, right. And his signature move, the peanut pile driver. <laughs> yeah. He's about to de-shell you? He says, oh. looks like you're about to buy the peanut farm. Oh, he, no. Yeah, and then he takes you out. No, I know exactly just, one says, thing about Jimmy Carter. He just likes peanuts. Mm. Or he's can't a, he's get the enough pe- of them. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I'm about to... I'm about to drive you into a big old pile of peanut butter like he has like peanut butter like down his pants oh god like, that well, was they, always like they actually put it on the roof of his mouth that's how they get it to look like he's talking <laughs> uh mm-hmm. like oh man like 70s and 80s wrestling was just so crazy and unhinged you could just like you were just i don't know you could do anything just be like addicted to coke and just be high out of your mind and like swing and honestly, a, two, a two by four at somebody. <laughs> and honestly, you're better off if you are. Yeah. You no, that's just got to stay high. It was a better time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I encourage anybody to listen to Rowdy Rowdy Piper's um, a podcast. Uh, that he was doing up until uh, up until he died, um, Piper's Pit, I think it's called. Um, Gross. Where, yeah, but he, it's like uh, he talks about um, like the old days. He has a lot of wrestlers on there that he interviews <laughs> and stuff, and they talk about like uh, they talk about like the crazy shit that they got into. A lot of the times, it's like older wrestlers. Like there's an episode with him and Jake the Snake Roberts, where yeah. like Jake Jake the Snake was like smoking crack straight up like he's like (laughs) he's in utter disrepair but like he straightened out his life he like reconnected with his kids like he's like straightened like he's doing well now yeah not uh, physically physically yeah physically he's probably in walking with two four four footed canes with tennis balls on the feet (laughs) yeah yeah he yeah. has two full walkers that he walks with. <laughs> he just has two crutches with tennis balls on the end. <laughs> it's a mess. Poor yeah, guy. But, um, there's a, he actually, he has John Carpenter on an episode and, uh, oh. which, yeah, it's actually, it's, I mean, it's great. You know, it's John Carpenter and they're talking about, they live and, um, is, yeah, is th- he game? Is Carpenter game to talk about it? He is game. He like, it's weird because like nowadays, like John Carpenter doesn't really want to talk about the movies. He's more interested in talking about the music and, um, <laughs> you know, he doesn't do like, he doesn't really do too many interviews in general. 
Right. And like he goes on uh, Piper's show and he's like, they're friends. Like for real. Are they like, you know, like they, they hang out like Rowdy Roddy Piper comes to Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) I like, I don't know exactly how close they are, but the way they interact with each other is like, there's no like, you know, oh, I was in that movie fucking 30 years ago and we haven't talked to each other since then. It's very like, they're very friendly with each other. They're talking, they're trading stories back and forth. They're, they're talking about like when they met and it's just like very, I don't know. It's kind of sweet, you know, mm-hmm. for these like yeah, two I mean, like, like old dudes <laughs> to be like, yeah, we're two like two like very different people. Totally different yeah. guys. <laughs> very George and Lenny that dynamic, yeah. I would imagine. You um, know, but like Pi- Rowdy Piper is like more coherent than you would think. Like he has what, more though, like, going even... on than it, it... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds, I don't know. I mean, it's easy to say this now that you said what you said, but like, I don't know. Watching this movie even, I get the vibe that he's not like a dumb guy. Like, he seems not pretty at all. self-aware. Although yes. although he did pitch, I came here to kick ass, or, or you know, chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah, That's an which... insane thing to say. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, to walk Wait. into, was it a bank? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> oh, this is the best. Pregnant pause. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy, too, because the point in the movie that that's at, he's, like, just realized what's happening. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, we have, you know, we're talking in, in very general terms. We haven't talked about the movie at all. But, yes, at that point in the movie, <laughs> like, the whole time in the movie, um, I don't know, it all happens really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And he's on board from pretty much the get-go. He's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, there are aliens. Um, I am a one-man army, and I have to, <laughs> I have to fucking, uh, you know, I have to handle business here." Yeah, he's um, like if Jack Burton weren't a bumbling idiot. Kinda, That's, yeah, yeah. Just like real salt of the earth, high-waisted jeans with a plaid button-down tucked in. Yeah, Great some... looks in this. Keith David. Has, oh my god, dude! He he's wearing like a, I think it's like a just a green sweatshirt, like a crew neck yeah. sweatshirt, yep. like high waisted <laughs> jeans. It's like, oh my god, what a look! Yeah, it's it's it. I mean, like you know, ha ha ha! It's a cult classic and whatever. But this is truly. We talked about Big Trouble in Little China being one of my favorites. This is also. These are like. They're tied for being like in my top three. I don't know which one. Catch me on you know tomorrow. It might be they live the next day. It's Big Trouble in Little China, but they're always up there. This is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's really fun and it beats you over the head with the social commentary. I just I don't it know. it 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 hundred percent beats you over the head with the social commentary, but it also is so much fun to watch that yeah. like I you know like the social commentary. It's weird because at you know when you're when you see this originally, I guess when I saw this the first time, it was just like 
wow, this crazy movie with these aliens and they've taken over and, uh, you know, there's all these subliminal messages and the end. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, many years later, I watch it again and I'm like, oh, well, this is crazy. (laughs) Like how much they're beating you over the head with all of these messages. Yeah. When you don't know anything, you're like, wow, why aren't more people talking about this? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But Um, it's, it is very like, I don't know. Feels like I don't know. I took creative writing classes in college. I could see someone bringing this into a fiction writing workshop. Sure. <laughs> and that, but and that, but that's it, the thing too. Is like this movie is as like silly and ham fisted as it is. I think is as relevant today as it was back then. Hey man, and, and I don't, I don't think that's a controversial statement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think it holds up like crazy and like the satire the messages everything about it just really works it still works today yeah oh some might say more than ever mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow well that'll do it <laughs> wall by <laughs> oh wall by is good yeah yeah i think we got our new sign off yeah i don't think we have to <laughs> say bye bitch anymore that's good yeah, it's probably good. <laughs> so, um, hey, I just want to go on record. Yeah. There's, you're probably, I don't know, I'm doing it into the microphone. There's a slight popping sound just for transparency's sake. I'm drinking a huge soda pop. Oh, mm-hmm. buddy, what kind of soda are you drinking? So glad you asked, Rob. It's a diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, mm-hmm. my man. What? There's like... There's over 20 flavors in that Dr. Pepper. Uh, that's just correct, Rob. In fact, there's about 23 flavors, yeah. Oh, man. You know, mm-hmm. one of the main ones, prune. Yeah, I listen to Doughboys, too. <laughs> <laughs> this that was is a like, great episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, not a lot of shows have the audacity to uh, just cop their material from other shows (laughs) but i do think that puts us in a unique position of no one ever being able to care about what we're doing definitely Mm -hmm. uh so they live huh oh they sure do they really really do uh Uh, if you haven't seen the movie oh go ahead yeah no no if you haven't seen the movie guys stop what you're doing and watch this movie Stop what you're doing, because we're about to ruin the plot points of the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right off it. the bat, I want to talk about that opening, uh, the title. Uh, that title card? That off-center yeah, the title, title card? card? Yes. Holy shit. I yeah. forgot about that, and it's so... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just I love it so much. It's off. It's this weird off-center title card. It's because it there's the universal, uh, you know, opening right. There's the, the universal opening, uh, then the MGM lion, and then the DreamWorks <laughs> guy, the little moon boy, right. And I believe from and then, there, and then the um, it, the earwolf sign-off plays. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, the Pixar lamp or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the Pixar lamp for sure. Um, uh, 
But they, like, it does the universal sign, right? And then it, it moves into the standard, like, uh, font. Like, this is like the George, or George, uh, the John Carpenter uh, font that they, he like always uses. the thing, like that kind yeah. of hand-scrawled. Right. It, it's in every one of his movies. Like, it's the, the black background, the white letters, and it's just like these, it's a very specific font. That he always uses, and it's very—it's center of the screen, no problem. And then the—it's just like John Carpenter off to the left, and then right underneath it, in like <laughs> not well. Just to clarify, you don't mean John Carpenter is off to the left. He doesn't yeah, walk. No, he doesn't walk I mean, into frame. Yeah. <laughs> to introduce his movie. Yeah, he's standing there, um, just all by himself. And he says, "Folks, what you're about to see is not literally true." But yeah, it is figuratively true. Right. Wearing a uh, suit, smoking a cigarette. He said, for your consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's bold to do it in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But then he, then the title card comes up and it says they live in this like graffiti font. And then it like fades away. And it's just on, it's just graffiti on a wall. Yeah. And then we just like, we're just moving on. And we're in we're it. We're just going from there. And we're like, Which, like how friggin' brilliant like the you know the whole thing of the movie is the subliminal messaging right and to like it, take your title and then hide it in the world like that oh man that's it's, good it's right it's the subliminal messaging it's it's also like you know there's a lot of uh uh commentary here about class and uh, status in the in society yeah, and yeah, I mean, the he, fact... in Prince of Darkness, you know, we know he knows how to do commentary about classes by including <laughs> Alice Cooper. Right. But and this... Grad... I thought you were going to say, and grad students. And grad students? Yeah, that would have been the better <laughs> direction to take that, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. going to... I'm going sit to sit out for a couple minutes, maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh but the like the the whole movie is like it, it's it's subliminal messaging, it's class uh, status in society, it's all these things, and the fact that like the message they live, which is the title of this movie, is in graffiti, just like under a bridge. I just mm. I like that. I think it's that's a nice like, start. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is just like. I don't know, even, like, the idea of they live, them being this, like, invisible sort of force. Meanwhile, like, all of the characters we're following are homeless and sort of on, like, the fringes of society. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a a very nice, again, very on the nose, but a very nice sort of inversion. Yes. Yeah. Um, And that's when we uh, we first get a look at our main character, Nada. <laughs> if there's one thing, if that might be where I draw the line, <laughs> I don't that, actually look. I think that is stupid. That his name is Nada. Yeah, it's like almost cool. It probably was cool at the time. What you know? It, what it seems like is because um, in the movie, they, nobody ever says his name. He's he never sure. in, he's introduces. A, he's himself. a bit of a TV player. Exactly. We, um, hey, um, quick sidebar to talk about 
what we're doing. TV after. player. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to have a little chat about Ethan Embry if we could. Sure. Um, no, I was going to say just to talk about the what what will be happening after we're done with these John Carpenter movies. Uh-huh. We're, we we decided, right? We decided. Yeah. That we're gonna switch, uh, switch focus every month. Yes. I think our next thing has to be that thing you do. I agree. So it's just a month of that thing you do. <laughs> oh, so you don't like my idea to do a month of that thing you do? No, I will. I will do it. I will. The mm-hmm. first week is the theatrical cut. The yeah. second week is the director's <laughs> cut, obviously. And the uh, third, the third and fourth week, week, director's cut. The director's cut. <laughs> no, we should do commentary track and deleted scenes. Oh, that's a, that's very good. All right. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just imagining someone listening to this just cold sweat. Very. <laughs> of, of flop sweat. <laughs> yeah. Tossing and turning in bed at night, just hearing over and over in their head. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> when in fact, it's it is been, not. You are, yeah. You are in the wrong hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, thank you for. Thank you for continuing to donate to the show. Oh, my God. We appreciate it so much. I appreciate it more, of course. I have a, I'm have an empath, so I understand what a sacrifice that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob's just your typical white male closed off from his feelings, the emotional intelligence of a baby. That's... Not yeah, me. It's 100% accurate. Okay. Yeah, and I'm very enlightened. Um... <laughs> I'm very enlightened. <laughs> you ask anyone. Yeah. That's exactly what enlightened people say all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal. What am I supposed to do? Not tell everybody? Come on. <laughs> Sitting on a fucking gold mine here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sitting on an existential gold mine. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to have some piss-ass talking down to me on the street. No, I'm enlightened. <laughs> I worked hard for this. Yeah. Um, so then we meet him. Yeah. Nada. And I think, so, again, so nobody ever calls him Nada. He never introduces himself as that. Um, it, it really just seems like a placeholder or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, he is essentially... You know, th- this movie, it, ha- it I w- I'm not going to say the whole thing is like a Western, but it has Western elements, you know? Yeah, that's a, a that's a pretty consistent current running through these movies. Absolutely. These yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, his he's credited as Nada, but he is, he's the man with no name, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like the Clint Eastwood had trilogy, you know, it's just... He's a drifter. He comes yeah. to town and he fucking and he, you know, shakes things up. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. In a in a most intergalactic uh, fashion. Ah, yes. So, yeah, um, he rolls into town, rolls up to a construction site. He's looking for work. Yeah, he actually he goes to like I don't it's like some Oh, some yeah, he goes to a, an, some an, office like an to unemployment like, office. 
on right it's an unemployment office to like hook him up with a job and you know he's just like he's this super blue collar guy um and just like you know the woman there is just like she's seen a thousand guys like him that day and she's just like not into it and you know she can't be bothered and she can't help him and he's just like all right well i'll take i'll you know kick rocks i guess and uh, then we get you know then he comes upon uh oh well, he comes upon the fucking uh, the, like wall. the wall it's come. the homeless yeah the wall come <laughs> he comes upon the wall <laughs> no he he gets to that um it's like that homeless campsite and he you know he's just like i don't know he sees some shit like i don't know like i really i i love uh Rowdy Roddy Piper's fucking performance. Like, yeah, yeah, it's know. not I a think, dirty word. It's a performance. It's a performance. I think, like, I don't know. I think wrestlers, you know, they are performing. That's their job. You know, that's they're playing characters and stuff. And you think like uh, he can't, you know, do it. And sure, he like goes way big on in some scenes. Yeah, but then but there are other scenes where he's just like way big. Yeah, it calls for it a lot. Sorry, but the, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, no. The scenes where he's like, you know, a little bit like a little bit more reserved and stuff. He's it's it works. I don't know. Like he's, yeah. I think he's, I think he does a great job in this. <laughs> yeah, no, I I haven't seen this movie in a while, and like I was half expecting to be distracted by something he was doing that I maybe took for granted when I saw it when I was younger. Right. Um, but no, he's fine. He's a real strong judge Reinhold. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, they're, I don't, they're all, it's almost like I expect him to be looking into the camera, delivering his lines, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously he's not. And, I don't know. Maybe it's because I expect so little that I, I'm so impressed, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I think he does that's, great. That's the Mark Henley approach to movie criticism. Th- that's true. <laughs> just, don't expect anyone. Just expect everyone to fucking bumble their way through. Expect shots where the cameraman drops the camera on the ground. You just see people's <laughs> ankles for a few seconds. Anything better yeah. than that, that's maybe that's eight out of ten stars. <laughs> Yeah. Uh so he uh he gets hooked up with this uh construction job, right? Um and <laughs> I love this part where he's just like following Keith David around. Uh-huh. Like he he does his job. He does like they don't pay him by the day. They pay him weekly. And Keith David comes up to him and he's like, "Hey, you know, I know a place where like you could go and like they'll feed you and shit like that." And he's like, "No, nah, thanks." He just passes him up. And then, like, Keith David's like, all right, fuck you. And keeps walking. <laughs> and then Piper all right, fuck just you, like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Piper just like follows him around. He's like, eventually, he's just like, all right, fucking stop following me around. I'll, I'll show you where the place is. And then he takes him to like this, uh, it's like a homeless camp, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It's a soup mm-hmm. kitchen, but it's, it's, a, it's a run outside. It's a tent city, if you like. Yeah, it's a tent city. Um, it's sort—it's run by this guy Gilbert, who's played by uh, Peter Jason, 
who was in the last movie in um, Prince of Darkness. Who's like he's a he, he's a he looks John like Carpenter Meatloaf guy. He looks oh a my lot God, like he, Meatloaf. He fucking does look like Meatloaf. Wow. Yeah. That how did I not fucking connect those dots? Jesus Christ. I don't know. Yeah, he, I had to keep wondering if it was Meatloaf the whole time. No. <laughs> yeah, he's. Now that you he's said it, I'm like, is Meatloaf, he right? related to Meatloaf? <laughs> is he, he must be. <laughs> yeah, he's Peter Loaf. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, Pete um, Loaf. Pete Loaf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, no, you know, fans. How did, how did I not say Pete Loaf? Fuck. I don't know. I can't believe yeah. that. This yeah, is like I, that time I didn't say grad students. <laughs> All right, we're uh, bad at this, huh? <laughs> yeah, Peter Jason, uh, you know, movie buffs may know him as Master Boyd from 1995's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Or uh, from Adaptation as Defense Attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also in Prince of Darkness, and um, he will and in the mouth. Yeah, will be in the mouth of madness. Mm. I call it. Can't in the wait mouth for that for one. <laughs> he will be in your mouth. In... <laughs> That's the Peter Jason guarantee. Oh my god, and he's in a fucking music video for Meatloaf where he plays father. What? Of course! He is the, the meat father. <laughs> oh, Meatloaf, you're a slice off the old loaf. What? <laughs> oh my god. That, him, this guy, Peter Jason and Meatloaf, are only two years apart. Really? Yeah, they were only born two years apart. Mm. Remember that? I suspect, I don't know, was one of them abandoned as a baby? <laughs> yeah. Sent down the river? Sure. Um, oh, he's also in uh, Escape from L.A. We'll get there. We'll get there, guys. I'm less excited about that. What's that? I'm less excited about that. I, I don't know. Good. I've never seen it. It's, it's no Escape from New York, but I, I think there is something there. But we'll get there. Does that just we'll, mean we'll, we'll he doesn't escape New York? <laughs> no, he escapes New York and L.A. He does, he's a twofer. Oh, man. I there's There should be a third one. Oh, my God. Like I a, wish there was a third one. Like a, a Midwestern city. Hmm. Escape from Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, Where people just we show there, him how to leave because they're nice. Yeah, they're just like, oh, boy. Oh, you you just take this road down. Wait, I don't that know was I that right was now. Irish, yeah. It was. I was trying. <laughs> you take to... the high road. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I am terrible at this. All right, guys. <laughs> I've to also be fair. yeah. You've been at this a while today. I, yeah this this is my third. Uh, I did. I recorded uh, two episodes of introducing earlier. And usually around the third episode in a day, that that's when I start to I start to lose it a bit. And then, and I've also I've been I've been drinking a bit. <laughs> what are you drinking? Just, Diet Dr Pepper. <laughs> I'm drinking regular Dr Pepper. Oh no wonder you're so hyper. Yeah. You're being so random. <laughs> oh. 
Is there anything worse to call somebody? Oh my god, you would just like this person. Their like sense of humor is They're just like so random. Super random. Super random. Do you know adults still say that? I've heard adults say it. I would I would like somebody to actually be super random. Yeah. And see that... how and see how much they like it then. <laughs> yeah, um just like shuffling about in a dirty bathrobe being super <laughs> random. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know who's super random, like mentally ill people. Yeah, you take mood stabilizers if you're too random. <laughs> yeah, if you're right, if you're that random, you need to you need to lock it down, straighten it out. You're mm-hmm. not you're not fifth for society. That's right. That's right, iCarly. Yeah, that should. I don't get that random. reference. I'm sorry. It's it's a random. It's very random humor. It's very random. Ugh. Trust me. I mean, there's I a believe. character named Fredward. What? Uh, what? It's it's like two names. Rob. I... Robbie. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not mm-hmm. gonna. I nope. I'm going to only start calling you Robbie on the air. All right. That's fine. Yeah. New you, new persona. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> is that Bobby? Hey, Bobby. <laughs> That's Bobby, Bobby. Moan. <laughs> he wandered out of King Man into this show. Hi, guys. It's, oh, my God. He acknowledged that other people are called something other than Bobby. <laughs> Maybe he's me. getting better. Press down on the brick that's lodged into his head so he stops getting better. Bye, Bobby. <laughs> there we go. He passed out. <laughs> he felt it coming on. Oh, man. So then we're at this homeless camp. Yeah, well, yeah. So they, they're, they you know, bonding like, a little bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a nice, um, there's like a food line. I don't know what you'd call that. Yeah, like a food line. <laughs> I hate these food lines. I know you want it. Um, what would you call that though? They're like they're serving food. It, yeah, people are online. What would no, you it's call like a, it? No, it, that's it's an outdoor soup kitchen, and people are lined up for it. I don't know what else to call it besides a food line. It's that's an open it. air soup kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pop up. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they're serving Korean fusion gruel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's bright green. I don't know what the food is. Yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, you get the sense that like these people, they have a hard life, but they take care of each other. It's, uh, it's, right. as, it's as good as it can be, given the circumstances. Yeah. And then, so that night, th- this is always like... I don't know. This was like an interesting thing to me because this homeless, uh, this camp, um, they have like couches and chairs set up and they're watching TV, which means they have like electricity somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe they're, maybe they have a generator. Yeah. Maybe they could be using a generator. I mean, yeah, gas was very cheap back then. Um, but they're they're watching like uh, some stupid show, and then there's like interference, and this guy comes in and 
with a beard and glasses, and yeah, he's, some, and he some starts... real George R. R. Martin looking motherfucker. Yeah, it is. It's George R. R. Martin without the <laughs> fucking sailor's cap that he's. That's right. Wearing. It's George Ricky Ricky Martin himself. <laughs> yeah, um, and he he's he just starts like talking about how um, you know like the way that you're being controlled, right? Yeah. There's a lot of just, like, straight-up proselytizing in this movie. Like, there's that. And then it's – I think it's even before Rowdy Roddy Piper gets to the the construction site. Doesn't he walk past the blind preacher? Yes. Yeah. And he's just, like – he's going off on some real Banksy freshman bullshit. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I say all of this lovingly, of course. Yeah, I think – I don't know. In the last movie, in Prince of Darkness, right, we... There was, like... I don't know. There was an element of... Um, how the writing was sort of, like... He's talking about uh, the way he's that in over science and yeah. religion mix. And, um, you know, how... Right. He's over his head in things. I think it's it's... It's executed better in this movie. I think... Well, even though you're right that it is sort of like a freshman in college kind of um, mentality, I guess, or like at least the way that all the messages are hammered over your head, I mm-hmm. like the delivery of the messages themselves. Yeah, like the blind preacher on the street. I like that. I like the the guy, the George George R. R. Martin coming through on the TV and just like <laughs> interrupting some bullshit that they're watching to like spout off his stuff. Well, what I really like about that one specifically is that the the guys watching TV are, like, kind of pissed off about it. Right. Like, they're being inconvenienced by this, which, like... Yes. Yeah. I, that That's, you know, again, none of it's subtle, so I'm going to stop qualifying it. But right. that, I just thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, I right, he, exactly. None of this stuff is subtle in, like, anybody who's, uh, you know, over the teen... Like, out of high school... You should be able to understand what's happening here. Yeah, it, it's um, a it's Didoy if you're out of high school. Exactly. So yes, we don't have to say that anymore. That all being said, <laughs> I love it all. I love yeah, absolutely. Fact, I love that. Right, like these guys are like, ugh, they're fucking interrupting. It's it's the same thing as like, um, uh, RoboCop, right? Where Dude, in, I was just about to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> in in RoboCop, there's there's everybody keeps watching this show that is like this short, like nerdy guy with glasses with these like Did blonde. I buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Is that the line? That yeah, I buy that for a dollar. It's that guy with like all these like bombshell women around him within like skimpy outfits, like towering over him. Yeah, it's yeah. right. It's like this ridiculous, ridiculous like fantasy, and it's also like the dumbest thing ever. And you know, uh, it's it's sexism. It's fucking um, like dumbed down. It's everything. And this is like it's sort of it's the same thing. I I want to see what what year RoboCop came out because I feel like it's about the probably same like. Time. Was it like 86 maybe for RoboCop? 87 actually. So a year before this. Okay. Oh man, this is another... I would consider this another Starman situation. 
where what something oh, like where they're uh, like, like a true the classic thing. came out right before it. <laughs> and yeah, and would, it doesn't. Yeah, you're I would argue right. also that RoboCop is probably like a I don't know touches on a lot of the same stuff, and I I think that movie is perfect. Yeah, no, I <laughs> the ah man, RoboCop is. Yeah, it's as close to a perfect movie as you can. I think. <laughs> um, it's like it's it, it says uh, it, it's like a satire, and it it's um, I don't know. It works as like an action movie, as just like a RoboCop movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like um, it's really funny and really brutal, and yeah, and, yeah. And again, but, not so subtle, but it doesn't matter because it's so perfectly executed. Yeah. And I, I think mean, this like, is Right. This is the it's the double feature. It's Robocop and then they live. Like oh, yeah. that's so much eighties police state dystopia. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. So okay. We're we're only like fifteen minutes into the movie, yeah, but like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to cram. We could do a two-parter. You want to do a two-parter? Ah, well, let's see. Let's see how far <laughs> this goes. No, <laughs> I don't. I okay. don't want to. I only because I think I think we could do it. I think we keep talking about how ham-fisted this is, mm-hmm. and we're we might be drawing it out more than the movie does. <laughs> yeah, let's talk less about the fists, more about the ham. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Piper, he he like sees Lori. there's this. Yeah, Piper Laurie. Um, <laughs> he sees this uh, this church, this like so-called abandoned church. Um, like this guy brings the blind uh, preacher into the church, and he's like, "What's going on in there?" He starts getting curious and wants to like poke around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he ends up walking into this church, and he sees the George R. R. Martin guy who is been has been interrupting the fucking TV shows. Um. Yeah, he's talking. Uh, he's broadcasting out of the church, and right. from the outside of the church, you can hear like people. I want to say singing or you know being in church making noise. It's so, about yeah, they're singing because it's a Baptist church, and uh, all of that sound is coming out of speakers that are surrounding this room, so that no one can, you know, hear that that's where the broadcast is coming. Right. So, but so they're broadcasting all these like subversive kind of messages, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like Piper finds out, he gets caught, and basically, like, you know, Keith David, they talk about it and stuff, and he's just like, stay no, out of it. Yeah, basically, like fucking, don't poke your nose in it. And like that night, the cops come and like they're busting up this um, uh, this tent city. Uh, they come with a bulldozer to like knock down all of these like little shanty houses. Yeah. Um, and then they're also they go into the uh, the church, right? Um, all these people are kind of like hiding out there. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. The cops don't go into the church this time. No, that you're thinking of the big yeah, climactic yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So they bust up this tent city, right? Everybody's sort of like, all right, well, we don't have anywhere to live now. Yeah. Um, and that's like, 
That's when Piper finds the glasses. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just like a table with a bunch of them laid out like you'd see at like a flea market or something. Right. He gets like, right. He has like this whole box of them. Um, yeah. It's just these and, very generic looking black sunglasses. Yeah, they're just like Ray-Bans. They're just like whatever, cheap mm-hmm. sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But. Which, which like, uh, that's such a, I don't know, that, that device, right? So it's a sci-fi movie, right? They're aliens. You, I don't know, like just put yourself in like John Carpenter's mind. Like he's like, I want to make this movie, right? And, um. I want there to be aliens and, uh, you know, action scenes and stuff. And I want them to be able to, like, see, like they have to see the aliens. So they're going to wear, like, these very, very cheap sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it is, like, it is so him to just find the cheapest available option. But, like, and it, I think, I mean, it just works so well. Yeah, it's fine. Um, like, yeah, because, like, these those people, they need to be able to do what they're doing it like discreetly, right? You right. can't draw attention to the fact that you know who's a blue flesh monster, right? Um, yeah, no, it totally works. It and yeah. it's just like for the character who says, "I came here to you know chew bubble gum and chew bubble gum." Yeah, it, you know, you want him wearing sunglasses. Definitely, he's a, he's a total cool guy. He's a cool guy. He's a real cool guy. So he starts, you know, he's got his glasses now. He's putting them on. He's looking around. Uh oh. And, and the first thing that he sees is a billboard that was a like a computer, um, like an advertisement for some sort of computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it when he puts on the glasses, it says obey. Mm. Which um, who's that guy? The obey Shepherd guy. Shepherd Fairy. Shepherd Fairy. Shep, friend of the show, Shepherd Fairy. See, like, I think before the whole Shepherd Fairy obey thing, right? This movie definitely had a cult following. But I think that sort of put it way over the top as far as, like, being, like, a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is definitely, like, a weird <laughs> sort of genre film that... I feel like not a lot of people knew about, or maybe they did. And I don't know. It seems like it was, maybe it was on cable or channel 11 a a lot. I don't know. But for like that shepherd fairy thing with Andre, the giant, and it says obey underneath it in the, the, they live, um, you know, alien font. I just feel like that was, like every, after that, everybody knew what they live was. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't know. I think there was a, a pretty sizable gap because, like, I don't know. On one hand, yeah, I'm sure more people knew what it was as a result of that. But on the other hand, there's nothing about that that makes you think, "Oh, this is from something." That's true. Yeah. You know, but like, I don't know that guy. I don't know what to make of him, you know. Yeah, I know. It's... On one, yeah, because he also he did the Obama Hope poster, right? He did. It's a it's a weird two things to have <laughs> be like your trademarks. It yeah, I mean it's very weird <laughs> it's to very, have like uh, this 
you have like one that's like very subversive or that's the intent i i believe and then the other one is for the leader of the free world (laughs) (laughs) yeah the yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, um so yeah uh rowdy (laughs) sure uh rowdy lori uh router rowdy piper lori has these sunglasses on like all the me- like he starts walking around and starts yeah, seeing like, like the consume, messages. Consume, yeah, reproduce. S- right. Uh stay asleep. Um all these things, right? And he's and then he starts seeing people and the people are these fucking alien creatures, right? Yeah. They're like blue uh, sort of they look like they're rotting away and they have red eyes. Yeah, it's like it almost looks like a person without skin. Yeah. Um so um he's like walking around and he like almost immediately starts some shit with a woman <laughs> like <laughs> he walks into a grocery or a liquor store a grocery store or whatever and he calls this alien looking woman formaldehyde face <laughs> yeah yeah it is like it's really funny how quickly he goes from discovering that nothing is what he thought it was to right just immediately antagonizing them right yeah Yeah. exactly yeah he's like and then he starts like screaming about it. he's like you see i put these glasses on and and then she gets fucking ugly as whatever um <laughs> and then there there's a bunch of these aliens around and uh uh he's just like he starts getting that's <laughs> this is he like almost immediately like he fucking beats up those cops steals the shotgun and then goes into the bank like he's had these glasses on for maybe 10 minutes yeah and he is all in why does he why does he know right away right i mean can you imagine like putting on some like fucking sunglasses people start looking like aliens and then you're like no the world is fucked up it's not me Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's why you need like a pro wrestler to just sell that confidence of just like, right? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm yeah. correct. Yeah, I don't know. If I saw a formaldehyde face, I'd probably, I'd probably <laughs> say eek. I'd say yuck. Yeah, Robbie. Love... <laughs> what do you love? No, I I love. There's like, um. There are cameras around and like little satellite dishes that are all around that nobody can see mm-hmm. because it's part of like they're masked by these aliens, right? Mm-hmm. So once Piper puts on the glasses, he can see them all, right? And it's these things are sending out transmissions to basically cover up everything that the aliens are trying to subliminally um, send out to people, right? So all this shit goes down. He kills like a like a few people. He, he does kill a few people, which like if you're not wearing those sunglasses, looks real bad. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which to Keith David, for example, it does. And uh, you know, not long after that whole, so yeah, he goes into the bank. That's when he delivers the kick-ass right. bubblegum line. Um, not long thereafter, he he like kind of sneaks back onto the construction site. Well, right? wait, and oh, before, okay. yeah, before that happens, he, um, 
he kind of he takes that that woman hostage essentially. Right, 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 right. Um, played by Meg Foster, who has the craziest eyes. They're um, scary. They yeah, they're like they're a color blue that is unnatural. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I I think like Carpenter had to have known that like. He puts her in this movie and with all of these aliens, right? All these aliens are like, you know, they have the weird eyes and the faces and stuff. And then he puts this woman in there who also like who naturally has these like, I mean, supernatural eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm looking at a picture of her, like her IMDb picture and it's her, you know, sort of present day. Yeah. Just like it. Yeah. It's impossible. Right. (laughs) it cannot be. She looks like the, a husky. <laughs> yeah, there are like husky eyes. Yeah. Um. So he she's like she's a good girl. To, <laughs> um. He tries to explain to her the whole thing, and she goes along with it because she's a hostage. And sure. then um, this she has this reminded a, me a little bit of the Running Man. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. It probably came out around the same year too. Yeah. Ugh, another uh, great piece of satire. Yeah. Mostly kidding. Like Richard Dawson. Fucking love that guy. Um, <laughs> but Meg Foster like Drunk pushes. Drunk limey bastard. Go on. Yeah. He pushes Piper. Uh, she pushes Piper out the window basically. And like he rolls down these like Hollywood hills. Yeah. He does it. He does a hot rod roll down yeah. the mountain. Um, Then that's when he like comes back around the construction site to uh, uh to yeah, talk to Keith fa- David. He falls 35 feet and then just gets up and goes to talk to his friend Keith David. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and then the, so Keith David's like get the fuck away from me. You're like I'm I'm like I have a family. I got to keep this job like you can't be around here and stuff. Um and then <laughs> that's that's when oh. Keith yeah. Uh Yeah. So this is the I guess the famous, infamous um, Piper Keith David fight in the alley. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. The whole thing is because Piper's trying to get Keith David to put the sunglasses on. Keith David wants nothing to do with him. He even like throws him some money. He's like, just get out of here. Right. And uh, yeah. And Roddy, he's just, he's not having it. So they start <laughs> fighting, and it goes on for five full minutes. Just yeah. not – there's like – it's choreographed, but in in such a way to make it look like, uh, you know, like a, a street fight. It's right. just guys like swinging at each other, out of breath, just stumbling around. It's great. The, my and you know I'm sure this is a lot of people's favorite part of the fight, but when yeah when he picks up the two by four and he swings it and he cracks the windshield and he starts <laughs> laughing and he goes I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah like the, the fight goes on way too long, um, mm-hmm. but there are so many good moments. I love when like like Piper goes to hit Keith David in the balls. And he's like, "You dirty motherfucker!" Yeah, and then he—I think he like sm- he hits him right in the face as he's saying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
this, uh, you know, on IMDb uh, trivia here, the big fight sequence was designed, rehearsed, choreographed in the backyard of director John Carpenter's production office. Oh, I love uh, the that. fight between <laughs> Roddy Piper and Keith David uh, was only supposed to be 20 seconds, but Piper and David <laughs> decided to fight it out for real, uh, only faking the hits to the face and the groin. Um, they rehearsed the fight for three weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. Just independently. They... Yeah. Carpenter was so impressed, he kept the five minutes and 20 second scene intact. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) But like, I think it honestly, it serves the story and it reads as, you know, another sort of heavy handed metaphor for like what it takes to shake someone out of complacency. Yes. I like no one will. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say no one's going to like go willingly into that. Uh, Right. I think um, the fact that Roddy Piper um, is in this movie and this this scene plays out like a, a wrestling match is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. And well, yeah. The, whose idea was it to right have the whole scene be a fake fight? <laughs> but you know what? Also, is I, I don't know. It's interesting, right? Because wrestling is storytelling right they have like the stories that are going through but they're also like the stories that are playing out in the actual wrestling matches themselves right and that's what's happening here is like you know piper is obviously he's trying to convince keith david and there's like this back and forth between them where they're not like they're not enemies um but they're also I don't know, like, at the end of this fight, they're basically friends. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, it they're is like, very, <laughs> it's very like, male in, like, a very 80s way. Yeah, like, I, I've beat you into submission, so now we're best friends, and, mm-hmm. um, and, like. <laughs> but it is, like, it does make it read as just, like, Keith David's unwillingness to accept this reality. Definitely. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you kind of, you accept that idea because, (laughs) because of things like Rowdy, Roddy Piper putting on those glasses and immediately being like, oh, I see what's going on here. Like Keith David knows something's up. He just doesn't want to know what. Right. Like he's, he just wants to go, go to his job and like fucking live his life. Like he doesn't want any part of this. He's the everyman baby. Right. And, like, as soon as, like, Piper fucking suplexes him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. On pavement. On pavement. And then he, like, forces him to put the glasses on. He sees for himself what's going on. And he's, like, immediately, like, all right, I'm in. You know, this is fucked up. (laughs) And I can't believe it, but I'm in. Yeah. Um. Right. So, so they they meet up right back at the church, more or less. With right. That group of people. Yes. And things things happen really quickly in this movie. Yeah, this movie moves fast. Yeah. Um, I, um, I really I like the 
it moves very fast, but it's sort of the same thing as Big Trouble in Little China, where it doesn't give you like, it gives you like just enough information. You know, there's that scene where they're just before they get to the church where Piper and, and Keith David are talking about, um, you know, how long do you think they've been here? Um, you know, what, what, like, what do they want? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what is this all about? And like, and I mean, neither one of them have any idea. They don't know. And we yeah. never really get any answers. Like they want to, you know, take over. We know that, but you know, for what greater outcome? What What's the end game? Well, we don't no, know. we we do get the outcome, and it's very sort of like cynical and nihilistic. Like it's it is like conquest for conquest's sake, almost. Right. Yes. Con- yeah. Right. Yes. To take right to t- just to take over because it, it again it's it's that eighties. Um, you know, it's ham-fisted or whatever, but it's it's that right to take over. To yeah, take, well, take over. Is, it's greed. Is, it's it's just because we can. Ronald it's, Reagan is in the White House. Don't yeah. you see? Um, but yeah, no, I just I do. I think it's a great way to sort of illustrate the criticisms of Reaganomics to just have like capitalists above the capitalists, right? You know who are who are exploiting them and you just like it forces you to look at it as just this you know trickle down exploitation basically <laughs> trickle down exploits i like that <laughs> uh um, sorry excuse me uh trumped up trickle oh down. boy okay all right all right all right oh shit i just lost an election <laughs> um so they go back to the um uh the church which then, um, you know, they get contact lenses instead of the glasses. Nice touch. <laughs> yeah, very um, nice touch. Um, yeah. And then, the, so then they're, the police. The cops. Yeah. Yeah. They start they, like sort of descending on the church. And um, they, they, they're, there's like they're a watch in, that like, that makes this portal thing, right? Yeah, and, moments before it's used, you, someone is just like, yeah, I found this watch off one of them. Right. It seems like it's a portal of some kind. Can't figure it out. Oh, I wonder if this will come into play. Right. It's sort so of they, like, it's it's like a Chekhov's gun, but like, instead of at the beginning and the end, it's just right in the middle. Both points are right next to each other in the middle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It, they happen within a minute of each other. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, the police descend and it's like full tactical gear, like just SWAT teams. It's this wall of automatic weapons just yep. coming toward them. It's, yeah. They're almost everyone dies. Yeah. Almost everyone dies. Um, it's, it's, Piper, it's Keith David, and uh, what's her name? Meg Foster. Meg right. Foster. Um, and she gets away and it goes like a separate way. Piper and Keith David, they um, they use the portal watch thing to, and they they get into like this underground sort of. It's like a bunker or sort of something. Yeah. Like it's yeah. this tunnel system, and they there's this. Uh, like this very fancy banquet that's happening and all these aliens and whatnot are, are there. And there's that, that scene where, um, uh, fucking, uh, John Carpenter alum, what's his name? Buck flowers. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Buck Flower, who in the beginning was just a homeless person, like one of the guys at the tent camp. And now he is like, he's in a, a nice tuxedo. He's part <laughs> of the gang. He's like showing them around and stuff. Um, and there's this teleportation uh, machine that sends these like aliens back to like their home planet. I guess it's like a, you know, you get to go back sometimes or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's very new money. <laughs> he is very new is he money. We- is he wearing a cowboy hat or is he just essentially wearing a cowboy hat? He's essentially wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's showing them around as though he fucking runs the place. Definitely. Yeah. Even though, you know, 20 minutes ago, not 20 minutes ago, like an hour ago, we saw him <laughs> as a drifter. Right. Um, yeah. It's just more on the nose. Very, very fun social commentary. Right. And what, what we find out is that this, like, this bunker or whatnot is underneath a, uh, like a news studio. So they, um, they're trying to, uh, they want to basically stop what's happening, of course. Um, so they, they start shooting a bunch of people. Um, and yeah, so we well, should have said this earlier, but Meg in. Foster was, Meg Foster works at the, uh, at the studio. Right. So, yeah, Buckflower takes them into the control room while, like, the news is on. And uh, they shoot the guards, they get their weapons, and they start storming the castle. Just right. two guys with two guns versus, um, <laughs> like, an army. Yeah, like an army. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to get up to the top of the building to destroy the satellite that's broadcasting the signal that is disguising the, they live monsters. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And then, so they're like, they're running through the hallways and Piper the whole time is like, uh, he's like, have you seen, where's Holly? Do you know Holly? Right. That's her name. Um, I think so. I'm saying that. Yeah, Yeah, it it is Holly. Um, um, Oh, did we mention and, that she was at the she was at the church when they met up with them? Yes. With the okay, we did. Oh, right, that's right. We said she went her separate way. Right. It's right. What do you think uh, about her and Piper, like that dynamic? <laughs> what do I think? Um, did, did it feel forced at all? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely forced. It seems like she's an actress and he's a wrestler. You know, <laughs> it um, does. I just mean more like I don't know. It's it is the the like their connection is not earned. They didn't have a no. five minute fist fight. They, you're um, right. They didn't. Uh, she just pushed I, him yeah. out a window. I I think that like you're yes. I, the this is sort of played up like um, Meg Foster is like maybe like a love interest or something of yeah Piper. again and very running man in that way. Yeah, I think that's wrong. I think the actual like, I honestly I think the love story is between Piper and Keith David. Oh, um, hardcore! Yeah, well they, yeah they fuck with their fists for five straight minutes. Right. Um, they fist fuck. They fist fuck each other. <laughs> uh, so they're running through the studio and they they find Meg Foster and um, they're like we have to get up to the roof and. So Piper like starts making his way up there. The three of them are going up there, 
And I, I just fucking love this when, so Piper like runs up the stairs. He's like gung ho and Keith David is about to follow him. And Meg Foster like sneaks up behind him, puts a gun to his head and just fucking kills him. Yeah. You don't see it. I don't think you, do you even hear it? You don't, you, you don't see it. You hear it. It's great. Like Keith David is looking up the stairwell at, Piper as he runs up because he loves him so much. Sure. And, <laughs> and Meg Foster <laughs> like, in those jeans. comes out and <laughs> oh my god, they're so tight. <laughs> um, Meg Foster comes out of nowhere with the gun and like puts it to his head. And as she puts it to his head, he like he turns to like look like, hey, what are you doing? And then like it just cuts and we hear a gunshot. That's it. Yeah, at the risk of summoning an old friend, it's upsetting to me in the way that, like, No Country for Old Men is upsetting. Those deaths. Right. Yes. It's just, like, instantaneous, and there's no wind-up to it. It just kind of <laughs> happens, and then it's over. Uh, like when like when Hank dies on Breaking Bad. You're, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. It's, it's really, brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Piper's on the roof. Piper on the roof. Piper's on the roof. <laughs> um, and the uh, like, there are helicopters with guns pointed at him. And Meg Foster like sneaks up, and she's like, "It doesn't have to be this way. You know, you could join us. It'll be fine." And he's just like, "I, I just can't. I'm a man of principles." You don't know my name, but I have to fuck shit up. Like, I can't. He's like the superintendent of a school district. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a man of principles. Right. He's a man of principles. Boo. Oh, boy. Um, and then he, he, he just takes this, like, little gun from in his sleeve, shoots Meg Foster, turns, and shoots this, like, this satellite which I have to imagine was just like so small, like the gun, the, the, uh, the bullet. It's all just very small. Yes. But um, in true eighties fashion, sparks start flying when he shoots it. Yeah. I want to, I want to just get this real quick. Let's see. Hang on. Fuck it. I don't know if you can make that out, but he just says, fuck it. Yeah, that was very unpleasant sounding. <laughs> <laughs> he he says fuck it and then he just like blows the thing up. Sparks Yeah. Oops. Far, uh yeah, sparks start flying everywhere and I mean, yeah, to make real political <laughs> change, you kind of just have to say fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Um and then the transmission from on top of this uh building is cut off and right before he dies he just gives the helicopter the finger it's very fuck good. you yeah <laughs> i like this guy who just like drifted into town had like no sort of direction or purpose or anything like that finds it and then like stands for something in his last like you know his last days his last week and just in his last moment, he just like the you know the ultimate defiance. Just tells the guy, you know, tells tells these aliens to go fuck themselves. It's very good. And then you yeah. you know we get a shot of the news broadcast where the broadcasters are now 
grossoids. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, total and then, total freak shows. Right, and then we get like gratuitous eighties tits. Um, God, that yeah, <laughs> that fucking show. That is um, <laughs> that is the second funniest eighties uh, tits riding the dick shot we've seen in a movie on either show. The first, of course, being Pet oh, those wolf tits. tits. <laughs> oh my god. I might watch that when we're done recording. <laughs> it's a it's a classic. It's really good. It's so funny. That, um, well, okay. So it, that last shot, right? Like, I don't know. You have this movie, right? That could it could just end with like, you know, them. It could end with the middle finger. It could end there, right? But they have yeah. to like they show like all right, the newscasters and stuff. Now they're aliens. We could see everybody can see that people in the bar like the the veil has been pulled uh, pulled aside, you know, pulled down. Um, and back, pull a veil back. Yeah, you pull a veil back and aside and down and whatever direction. <laughs> you pull it any which way you like, my friend. Yeah, this is uh, your day. It's your veil. <laughs> Um, but then there's that, the last, very last scene, very last shot where this, this naked woman is having sex with this alien. Right. And this, like, it's a, it's a shot of her on top of this guy. And in the background, it says marry and reproduce. And (laughs) she's, and then she looks down and the guy's in a fucking alien. And, and he's just says, what's wrong, baby? Yeah. And then it fucking goes to credits. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> it is. It's really great. Oh my god. It. I love it. I love it so much. This. This might be my favorite. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, but. Oh man. Yeah. I after I came away away from watching this feeling the most positive about it. So far. yeah. Definitely. It's great. It's it's just yeah, the 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 commentary is big and loud and so is Roddy Piper and it just but it works it, it in works every so way. Well. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love just like I love casting a wrestler at this point when I mean I guess people still kinda do, but especially back then, like wrestling was looked the fuck down on definitely and just like and thought of as like this blight on society sort of there was like making kids violent and it was just a bad influence in so many ways and just like making him the hero and making all the people who you know shit on that sort of thing in like a very you know classist way the right. villains yes. it's great it's so good yeah it's I'll, I don't know. It's the best. I, mm-hmm. I just I think it's so. It, it's just it's so fun to watch. It's a, like I said, like it's the same thing as RoboCop. You can watch RoboCop and like watch it for the action or laugh <laughs> with the fucking satire of it all. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. The more I watch RoboCop, the more I like it. The more like little things I sort of pick up on, and I don't know. It ages so well, and I think this does the same thing. Well, there you go, folks. That's Rob's review of They Live. It's the same thing as RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell them apart. I, I don't know the difference. 
Robocop. Is that the one with the robotic cop? Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Oh, so, great. Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad we did this in one episode. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm spent. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> done. Uh, what's, what's coming up next week? Okay. Next week is, um, I don't know. Hang on. Oh, it's Prince of Darkness, right? No, we did that last week. No, not Prince of Darkness. In the Mouth of Madness. Nope, 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 no? nope. That's too bad. Okay. So next week is Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Starring... Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase and Daryl Hannah, perhaps? Okay. Guys, I think... At this point, we get like some some good John Carpenter movies, um, but they're gonna yeah. be they're gonna be more stinkers. And I, I haven't the I don't, the engine's I, gonna start sputtering. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Um, I know it's not really talked about much. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, maybe we're the ones who's gonna who are gonna like just break ground here and just be like, you know what? You know what's really fucking good? Memoirs of an Invisible Man. <laughs> see, you can't even say it. I can't. Um, but you know, we'll, well see. Well, I'm looking goes. forward to it. Uh, words I'll come to eat. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we have uh, Body Bags, which is a, an anthology movie. Great. Is, is, I think, pretty silly and pretty good, if I remember right. Hey, speaking of anthology movies, did I tell you that I'm going to see a screening of Creepshow next week? No? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a theater that's doing a screening, and they are... Um, you can buy, they have like five levels of ticket purchases. Uh-huh. The $50 one gets you a bunch of swag. Nice. And I might do it. Do it. You want to go in on it? I'll throw you some swag. I love swag. I know you do. We love swag. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, baby. Um, fuck. Are, are you going to do a Q&A afterwards? <laughs> Am I? Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to let people ask me questions? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I could try. <laughs> but... I might not wait till the movie's over because I don't want people to start leaving. Right. So, yeah. So right in the middle of uh, the the Leslie Nielsen one. Ah, oh, that's a great one. I'll, I'll start clapping and then I'll walk to the center of this uh, the screen and I'll say, <laughs> "Well, well, well." <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Oh man, that's yeah. that's prime time, Barbo. Primetime Barbo. <laughs> is that the origin of Primetime Barbo? I, I think I think it is, yeah. Wow. Um I don't know. I I'm trying to think like what what we should do once we get to the end of King Me. Which I mean, oh. I guess there's no end in sight really, but Yeah, know. not until this bubble bursts. Yeah. This the, Oh, I guess I don't know, speaking 40 of bubbles, year old the bubble. bubble? Once the bubble bursts, I guess we could do under the dome or something. <laughs> yeah. I never want to do that. I don't want to do that either. I don't want to do it. Thank no. you. Thank um, 
Yeah. Real yeah. quick. Like, uh, Dark Tower came out, like, two weeks ago, I think, at this point. <laughs> Fuck, we probably should have seen it, right? Well, I mean, I don't know. We're doing everything in chronological order, so whatever. But, um... <laughs> It's all it's getting like negative reviews and everybody seems surprised by it. Which I I Yeah, sort that's of, letting your fandom cloud your judgment. Totally. Sure. I, yeah, we've I, talked about it <laughs> in advance of it a lot, and the consensus is and will always be um skeptical. Yeah, I mean Yeah. Guys, we know We've seen these King movies. We know like the good to bad ratio. And like, I, you know, we've talked about this. I'm on board with Stephen King and, you know, his, uh, his directors, his guys, his McGarrises and stuff. But like some of the movies are really bad. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that's, I think, I I think when the highlight of your trailer is a guy loading a gun faster than usual. Oh man. That's a bad sign. He loads it so fast, though. Oh, my God. He's so quick. Yeah. He's been practicing, for sure. I am but interested yeah. to see it, though. Yeah. Um, well, well, we don't talk about that here, so. No, no, no. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, so you're listening to the show. It means you're giving us money, and we yes. appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, keep up the good giving us money. <laughs> appreciate uh, it. Tell a friend, you know, do do whatever. If you haven't rated and review us, rated and reviewed King Me on iTunes, that would be much appreciated. Although, you probably did. So yeah. You don't. That's really skipping a step if you don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So next week we'll talk about memoirs of a geisha, <laughs> and <laughs> and that'll be nice. Starring right. Chevy Chase. That's right. <laughs> All right, until next week, I'm Dan. I'm Rob. Gagliardi. <laughs> <laughs> um, <and> wall by. <laughs> oh, wall by, bitch. <laughs> wall by, bitch. <laughs>